0: I actually realized as I thought about it that this way that's the most secure path, as we all are told to believe, you know, this from our parents and so on, ends up being quite insecure. And so, actually, having your career in your own hands and being able to make money through different income streams that can actually be a way for you to be able to take that risk into your own hands and hopefully do something pretty exciting and fun with it.
1: This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of Beat Off Beat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditch the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research, so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. In this episode, I speak with David, who is the founder of Expat Empire, which is focused on inspiring people to move abroad and showing them how to do it. In addition to producing online courses, books, podcasts, blog posts, meetup events, and more, Expat Empire offers consulting services to give everyone the opportunity to achieve their international dreams. Listen on to find out how David helps others to achieve their dreams of living abroad. Hey everyone, I'm really excited for my guest today. I'm here with David. Hey David, how are you?
0: Hey, Debbie, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on your show.
1: Thanks so much for being here with us. Can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life?
0: Yeah, good question. So my name is David McNeil. I'm originally from the United States. And I guess what led me to lead an offbeat life is that I got interested in Japan and Japanese culture and the language back when I was 12 years old. So I was living in Mobile, Alabama, growing up there. Not a whole lot of opportunities to use or speak, study Japanese, but I took it on myself with a book and cassette tape to start studying, and that quickly became a real strong passion of mine. And so I went to Japan for the first time when I was 17 in high school. It absolutely blew my mind. It was an incredible trip. Came back from that really excited and motivated to get abroad, a way to get to Japan one day. And it took some years. Uh, I studied Japanese in university, went back for another trip when I was in university as well. And I couldn't find that job coming out of school, but I kept that dream alive. I started my career in the United States trying to figure out how it would happen down the road. And uh, after a couple of years working in finance job, I, I studied finance as well in university. I moved to San Francisco, joined a mobile gaming company there. And after about eight months in the job, I had the opportunity to go to Beijing, China. So that was an incredible option opportunity for me to be able to actually live a bit of that abroad life that I was dreaming about. I came back from that work deployment, which is about three months long. And then I got laid off from the job. That was a huge shock to me. I thought I was going to be going back to China and there I was without a a job sitting on the side of the road with my box of desk ornaments. So that was not in the plan, but I thought to myself, this is not how I'm going to let that dream to live abroad die. And I traveled around Europe for nine weeks. And while I was doing that, I was taking interviews in Japan and China. At the last day of that trip, right before I caught my plane back to San Francisco, I had a final interview with a company in Japan, and three months later, I was on a flight to Tokyo, where I lived for two years, had an incredible experience, and then following that, I moved to Berlin, Germany. Of course, we can talk through the details in our conversation as to why and how that happened, but I lived in Berlin, Germany for three years, and about one and a half years ago, I moved here to Porto, Portugal, where I'm living now. So it's been a fun international journey, uh, a lot of travels, a lot of living abroad, and yeah, I love this life.
1: Wow. That is pretty insane because you came from Mobile, Alabama, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. probably some of our listeners may not even heard of, or they're just like, where on earth is that? That's like the back country to now living town. Yeah. to <laughs> so many different and incredible and very international, super different places. First of all, how did you even get interested in the Japanese culture because how does a 17-year-old be like, oh my God, I'm gonna learn Japanese from Mobile, Alabama, and then go to Japan and learn this in real life? Like, how does that happen, David?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. It was a long process, but for me it started with just an interest in the Japanese culture as far as I was into the video games, the anime, all that good stuff that I think was really popular when I was growing up and but people around me were into Dragon Ball Z, Pokémon, all that fun stuff and so they got me into it and I just took it way further. You know, I just thought I want to be able to watch and understand this in Japanese. How can I do that? Well, I better start studying. So, wow. Yeah, I got that book and cassette tape set, did that. Uh, it was a 3-month program. I did that a couple times over for 30 minutes a day. And then thankfully with the family we moved to Los Angeles, California and there were many more opportunities to be able to engage with the Japanese culture and languages started going to after school programs, uh, immersion programs, speech contests. I did all kinds of stuff just to try to further that, you know, interest and passion of mine, ultimately studying it in university. And I guess that's kind of where it goes from there.
1: That's amazing. I mean, like you mentioned, some kids are just interested in Pokemon and you took it to a (laughs) no... (laughs) Like another level. David's like, yeah, exactly. that's not yeah. enough for me. This is going <laughs> to happen this way. That's pretty cool, I have to say. And now are you still fluent in Japanese or?
0: I am. So I guess to give another aspect of the story, my wife is Japanese, but we met in Germany while I was we were living there in Berlin. So we met there. We were both outside of our home countries. But indeed, we speak about 50, 50 Japanese and English. Usually I'm the one speaking English and then she responds in Japanese. So we both get to speak our native tongue, but it's more comfortable. And of course, sometimes we you know, uh, swap to English or Japanese. But I guess that's the way that it's worked out in the last couple of years.
1: That's pretty funny because uh, it's allowing you to keep that language, right? Because you're still able to practice with your wife, and also really funny how the world is and how destiny is. Because you wanted to learn Japanese, you went to the country, and then you end up meeting your Japanese wife, not even in Japan, but in Germany. That it's that's so funny.
0: <laughs> exactly, I, I find pretty hilarious too, because after that many years of studying Japanese, of being passionate about it, finally make it to Japan. And based on my situation, my work situation there, ultimately only stayed for two years. So I left thinking, well, that was a long time to study the language and try to get there to to ultimately move. But I guess you can see the bigger picture later as it spans out. And of course, met my wife that way. So it's pretty amazing from that perspective.
1: Yeah, that is. It's incredible. But I'm glad it worked out. You know, it was destiny for you. Maybe you were like Japanese in previous life. You don't know. You were like, (laughs) I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's entirely possible. But I'm trying to at least, uh, yeah, keep that previous life thread going now. And we'll see about the next life too.
1: Amazing. So David, let's talk about your preparation to do all of this stuff, right? Because already you're someone who's unconventional. You live this offbeat life, even when you were a young kid and you're able to do this sustainably as an adult. How did you prepare to move to different countries, learn all of these different types of language and make this sustainable? How do you create your income?
0: Yeah. So what I've been doing for the last, I guess, seven years um, prior to what I'm doing right now. So we'll get to that in a second. But what I did to basically move abroad and be able to work in all those different countries was working as a product manager at tech companies. So it wasn't specific to any vertical within the you know tech space. It was gaming companies. It was consumer products. I worked in an ad tech company, all different types of positions, but ultimately as a product manager. So for me, it was important to be able to leverage my skills and my interests and my passions for what I could do in an international context, but still be able to make it happen and be able to move to the countries I wanted to move to. So it was never an easy process to find the next job or you know, how to get to that next place that I wanted to be in. But I knew that it would be important to me on a personal level to be able to con- still continue my career, build my professional skill set and further that as opposed to just sort of taking any job that came up along the way. So what I do now, and this is how I'm trying to keep the, uh, you know, abroad life and uh, offbeat life going, is to be able to work for myself. So as part of all of my learnings over the last years across all these different countries, I wanted to be able to also inspire and help other people to move abroad. So I have started a business called Expat Empire. I actually started it as a side project back in 2018. But now through these sort of pandemic times, there was a great opportunity for me to make that into my full time career. And so that's exactly what I'm doing now in terms of building that business and helping other people to move abroad.
1: Amazing. And it's something again that you're passionate about. And it's so interesting how all of these different passions are leading you to so many different things, like moving abroad and now helping other people do the same thing. Okay, so one of I guess the biggest concerns that most people feel, especially when you're going off on your own, is the unsecure income, right? Like this is what people think that we do when we work for ourselves or maybe if you're a freelancer is that it's not secure. And it's really interesting how the pandemic actually turned this around. Now everyone wants to have multiple streams of income, maybe even freelance, because Now, the regular nine to five is not as secure as most people think it is. So for you, David, especially if you have a wife, you have a family, how do you make sure that you get over that hump? Maybe sometimes, you know, it's in all of us, even when you are this type of person who takes a bigger risk than the average normal person. We still have this in our head, right? There's still a lot of fears that comes along with it. How do you get over that hump? Uh, especially when things are not stable, quote unquote stable, as people say, uh, continuously.
0: Yeah, I think it's an excellent question, and what I've discovered over the last years of living this life in different countries is that indeed the most uh, obvious, I guess, or the, the most normal path ends up being one of the most unstable, insecure ones. And just to put a number on it, I work. I've worked at six jobs in seven years so that's a lot of jobs in you know a relatively short period of time so i've seen especially in the tech side of things and startups so much instability and yeah just companies doing things i didn't agree with and decided to move on to another company basically three of those i left voluntarily three of them i was was laid off so as I considered whether or not to go indeed freelance and, and or you know and build this business to become more of a full-time entrepreneur, I actually realized as I thought about it that this way that's the most secure path, as we all are told to believe, you know, this from our parents and so on, ends up being quite insecure. And so actually having your career in your own hands and being able to make money through different uh, income streams, whether that's locally or abroad, you know, remote or finding a co-working space or whatever it is that you want to do that can actually be a way for you to be able to take that risk into your own hands and hopefully do something pretty exciting and fun with it. And I found it to be extremely satisfying, rewarding. Yeah, it's pretty amazing to have that responsibility on your shoulders. Um, I think it's it's a great way for people to go.
1: Yeah. It's also, I think for, for a lot of us who are in this type of lifestyle we get bored very easily. Right. And that and that's why we're not really into the typical nine to five where you stay in that job until you die, until you have to retire, until you're in your 60s, you know, because we want something more. And I think I think I've said this before. Sometimes I wonder what it's like to be somebody who's just okay with being at a nine to five coming home. It must feel a lot of times really good if you're okay with that, right? You you don't want anything else. You're just okay with with how you are. I'm like, that must feel really like nice, not to worry about other things. Like, what else can I do?
0: <laughs> yeah. And there were times in my career, certainly, where I, I was fine with that. But then I'd find that my mind started wandering and I'd want to be doing something else. And I wanted to be going toward the next goal. And I completely agree with you. Sometimes I wish that that was the path that I had. And I look at my peers, I look at people I graduated with or worked with in my first job in finance or in other tech careers. And I'm a bit envious that they've made it up the corporate ladder and they've <laughs> been able to be comfortable with it. But I think it took me this many, let's say, failures, uh, You know, whether it's just joining companies that I wasn't passionate about, getting laid off, this, that, and the other, to really realize that I am not that kind of person. It's surprising maybe that it took me this long to come to that realization, but once I really started to realize it, to internalize it, now I'm very comfortable saying, okay, yeah, that's not my path and I'm doing something very different, but in its own way, that's very freeing and uh, satisfying as well.
1: Yeah, and and that's the the whole thing. Everything that we're doing, yes, it's risk-taking For a lot of people, obviously, it's also a risk for us. And a lot of times, this is what I also find, um, especially if you're doing this later on in life, like maybe you were in that grind, you were in that hamster wheel for maybe most of your 20s, and you decide to do this in your 30s. It's like you're starting back at square one. And if you're listening to this, and that's happening, or if you're thinking of taking that leap, it's okay, we've all done it. And there's nothing wrong with it. It just means that you want something else you want something more for yourself and there's also nothing wrong with staying at a nine to five but sometimes there's just like something in you that is just it's like a driving force you can't ignore it it made me have panic attacks you know (laughs) so right exactly but yeah there's going to be a lot of sacrifices but at the end of the day there's a light beyond that and there's something so much more for you so But, you know, you have to take that risk. It's something that most people can't do. That's why they don't, you know, they don't do this lifestyle. But if you're willing to do it, there's definitely something good that's beyond that. But it takes a little bit more effort than staying in something that's stable. That's for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think in my experience, there were times where I thought, did I want to go and really focus on Exped empire earlier and make that my full time thing from a side hustle, I guess you could say. And I just decided at that time that it didn't feel right. It, I wasn't quite there. I think I needed to still figure it out more. And at that time that was at the end of my time in in Germany and we were trying to figure out how to come here to Portugal. And I just felt more comfortable. I felt in my, in my heart really that it wasn't the right time. And I wanted to go find that next job, hopefully in Portugal, if we could make that happen, which ultimately we did. And now that I'm here and set up got the visa, got a bit more savings, got more experience Then I was ready to make the move when the opportunity presented itself. So absolutely take the time that you need, make sure that you're in the right state of mind, you've got the right financial situation or whatever it is that you need to feel secure to be able to make that next step. And also, I don't think it needs to be this thing where somebody needs to drop out of high school or university or needs to go straight out of undergrad into creating their amazing startup. If it works, for them, fantastic. But I think what's been great for me is I've had that professional experience. And what I saw in terms of the reason to create Expat Empire was I saw this thread in my experience. It was sort of like I was really going to these different countries because I wanted to live there. I still wanted to pursue my career, but that wasn't what I was really passionate about. And so then the passion became even more clear after years of of these different experiences. And so I would just recommend that to folks as well, like try to see the big picture. For me, it wasn't about the product management. It was about how it allowed me to have an interesting job while still living abroad. And then I took that and said, okay, the living abroad part, how can I focus in on that passion?
1: So you mentioned that you had some money saved. You kind of made sure that things were in line before maybe you looked for another job or you moved somewhere else. Is there any thing like what is your actual preparation before you move on to another job, right? Because sometimes we're also scared of that. Like we don't <laughs> wanna let go of something and then we don't know what's gonna happen to the next one. So how do you prepare for it? What is your I guess what's what's your magic like thing that you do before you go off to another remote job?
0: Yeah, let's see. Well in terms of my career, it's definitely been If I wanted to move to a different country, then I would sort of see if that was possible with my current company. Or, of course, I would take the opportunity when I was laid off, like I mentioned, to try to do something different. And that creates a natural break and a natural opportunity to make a change. But in terms of, yeah, just being comfortable around in this particular position, it was that I was starting to get clients and starting to kind of figure out what Exped Empire was and what I was going to be doing and what it was going to look like. And I did have the savings uh, there, you know, in place in case I need to fall back on them. And I really um, tried to mentally prepare myself to use a certain amount of that to be able to invest in my business and myself to be able to create this life. And maybe folks potentially might be asking, well, if you had these international jobs in these different countries you wanted to live in, you were able to travel a lot. Why did not you just keep trying to do that? And I think the difference was that I wanted to be able to be location independent. I know that's a lot of what you know we're talking about today and, and the folks in, on your podcast as well are always talking about how to become location independent. And I think being able to set my own hours, be my own boss, be able to not have to rely on anyone else for my visa, not have to worry about another probation period at a new company or if I was going to be laid off with the next failed funding round or whatever it was. Um, I got tired of all that. So <laughs> I think just finding, you know, your reason, I still have a motivation to go out and even reach that next mountain, right? Even though I've done so many things that I was dreaming about from when I was 12. So I'm really fortunate to be in this position. But still, it's always, you know, what's the next thing? What's driving you? And what's the reason for doing it? And yeah, I think focusing on that is really important.
1: Kind of amazing how you are living your like 12 year old dream, like, You learn the language, you live there, you have a Japanese wife, you're living (laughs) all over the place. Like it's pretty amazing, which is kind of awesome. Also make sure to listen to our extended interview with David because we're actually gonna go deeper into how to prepare to move abroad and even find jobs when you're actually in the country already and maybe even before. and Because this is what you do, David. You literally went from one job to the next the last few years before you started your company and you did this successfully and you're able to do this and make this a more sustainable type of lifestyle for you. So I'm really excited to talk to you more about that and the extended interview. But I do want to know... How do you usually manage your time when you are going off to all of these different locations, especially when you're just there and it's a brand new place? And for me, I definitely get distracted. That's why I didn't become a digital nomad. That's why I do what you do, David, which is like stay at a place um, Mm -hmm. and have a home (laughs) base. But yeah, how do you do it? How do you manage your time when when you're not in your home base location or even when you are and you're just in a different country
0: yeah I think for me I've become quite comfortable with the uh, let's say 10 a.m to 7 p.m kind of time frame that's what I've been doing uh, as a product manager at these tech companies for the most part I mean of course it varies here and there and naturally there's can be some late nights or early mornings but I think just maintaining that and I still keep a Monday to Friday schedule of course, I usually put in some hours on sunday or whatnot i try to give myself at least one day off but i sort of plan it around that and when i'm doing something remotely when i'm being more nomadic then it becomes making the most of the morning going to get a, a nice coffee at a great cafe or whatever and then really settling in doing my work for the day i usually take a couple breaks enjoy the sun walk around explore and then definitely take advantage of the nights as well so i think yeah my style is probably just being a bit more slower and purposeful about making sure that the work gets done, because I don't know about you, but I get this a bit guilty sensation if I haven't knocked all the to do's off my list for the day or didn't feel like I put in enough time, which is unfortunate. I think that comes from that American background and mentality. And, you know, uh, my first job was in investment banking, actually. So when I worked those crazy hours with those insane deadlines, that was maybe the mentality that I still carry a bit. But I'm trying to kind of... um, And I think I have balanced it out pretty well with being in Europe for some years now. So you become kind of a mix of all these things. But I think just having that time and space to focus on work and then to focus on fun and giving yourself that break when you need it and ultimately recognizing that if it's just a short trip, for example, you know, for a week, then, well, try to make the best of it. If you can move some meetings around, then do that. But obviously, if you're constantly on the move, I think it's important just to create those boundaries.
1: Yeah, I really love that you set time for yourself to work and then you make sure you do that. You really set that time because a lot of times when we're abroad and like I mentioned, when we're there, oh, discipline, that's the word. This Mm -hmm. is why I don't know the word is because I'm not disciplined. But anyways.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We all have our styles, no problem. Right.
1: (laughs) And that's the thing. I think that's the key to really making sure that you make this lifestyle work is you have to be disciplined. And I have a problem with that. That's why I actually have assistance because I have bad with my discipline. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> but having disciplines is great as, I mean, sorry, having assistance is fantastic as well because then you can better leverage your time and exactly. yeah, they can remind you of what you need to do or what you need to know. But I think that just helps us to be more successful entrepreneurs. So I think it's a great skill set and, and situation to set up for people that are looking at this lifestyle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because honestly there are days that I don't work and I'm so and then things are still getting done and it's because <laughs> of like the four people that helped me out in my business. Because Totally David, if I didn't, I would not be in business right now. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good to know the the truth of the matter. Yeah,
1: (laughs) exactly. That's the truth, guys. That's that's the full truth. So let's talk about when you are traveling to all of these different countries. Obviously, you're an American, but you haven't lived in the US for a while now. You kind of been bouncing to different countries and that's amazing. What type of international insurance do you actually use?
0: Yeah, so a big difference, I guess, from the typical, let's say, digital nomad is that I do have a home base. So I am based here in Portugal right now. As I mentioned, I've been in Japan and Germany before. And so build, having that residence, it becomes my tax residence. I also am able to register on the public health care system here with some jobs. I've been able to get private you know, health insurance plans on top of that, depending on the situation in the company. But in general, yeah, public health insurance has been great. In terms of my travel, I do use kind of a smaller sort of travel insurance that I do annually. I believe it's Worldwide Insurance is the name, UK-based company. And so I do that, yeah, personally. But I know there are a lot of great companies out there that can help people solve this problem.
1: Yeah, it's amazing because I've heard this from other digital nomads too, where if you are a resident of a country, you can actually possibly be included in their insurance policies, which is amazing. But unfortunately for us who are based in the United States, Mm. that is not the case. Uh, So which is really annoying, but it's, nice to know that if you go to a different country, you may be covered. So that's really good. But for us, uh, for someone like me, who's based here in the United States, finding insurance when you're in a steady location is hard enough. We know that as Americans, but it's even harder uh, when you're on the road and you're not like a full on citizen or if you don't live there permanently like David is. And when I'm doing that, when I'm traveling and I'm on the road, I'm always confused by all the requirements that they need from me. And I need a ton of help to get through the process if I have to claim something. And that's why I'm really excited and I'm really glad that I found Integra Global, who has the most incredible customer service because we all need that. I know I'm always like so feather brained when I'm abroad. So they have 24 seven help. You can submit a claim through their app and your claims are managed by their in-house global expert teams who are able to handle any issues, uh, which means less stress and panic because that's what I usually do. So <laughs> make sure to go to IntegriGlobal.com for more details. And they are pretty awesome if you have to do that. So yeah, make sure to check them out. Again, it's integraglobal.com. Thank you, David, for sharing with us all of the information that really allotted you to have the international insurance because that's so important right now. So David, let's fast forward to around maybe 40 to 50 years from now. And you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave? And what do you want to be remembered for?
0: Hmm. That is a big question. I think the thing that comes to mind first is that one thing that 's led me to lead this life is this idea that i I wanted to be you know the old man, the grandpa, you know whatever the situation is in the future that uh, has a lot of great stories, and I think that's what drove me so far um, actually, I know we've talked before, and I mean at least for me, it was my grandfather that was in the Navy, he was in the Navy for twenty years. And he told me all these amazing stories about traveling all over the world in these world cruises. And that really inspired me from a young age to want to travel, to want to see the world and to have those stories to share. So I think that's been a big driving force for me. But in terms of what I want my legacy to be or to be remembered by, I think just, yeah, I hope that I'm able to honestly make a difference in a lot of people's lives as far as inspiring and supporting them, helping them to move abroad. I know how much it's changed my life. I know I'm a very different person, I I believe, than (laughs) I was back in the United States. Of course, time changes people as well, but these great experiences, meeting people from all over the world, seeing these different countries, religions, traditions, trying different foods, just making this kind of worldwide group of friends, it's been incredible. And so if I can help other people to do that and share the message and share the uh, the joys of travel and living abroad, then I think oh, I've done a good job.
1: Well, there's definitely a lot of stories and you're not even a grandpa yet. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, hopefully I, I won't be the grandpa that's always telling the same story. I guess that's part of it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel
1: mean, like that that's just like that one time that you risk something in your life. So I don't think that's you, David, because pretty much every day you're doing something that's pretty risky and, you know. I think you'll have enough stories. Your ki- grandkids will probably be like. All right, grandpa. Yeah, that's too many. <laughs>
0: well, hopefully, they also create some and, and tell them back. So, yeah, yeah. Then I you think you could that'll go be back full, and forth with each other. The full legacy, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it started with your grandpa. It's coming to you. It'll be going to your kids someday. Right on. That's awesome. All right, David. Before we say goodbye, I have five rapid questions for you. Are you ready?
0: I believe I am.
1: Awesome. Okay. First, what has been the best money you've ever spent while abroad and why?
0: Ooh, Ah, actually one thing just popped in my head. So I'm going to share that one. It was in uh, Vietnam getting one of those spring rolls on the side of the road. That was incredible and was so cheap.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. I'm, I'm all about the food. Oh, yeah. I'm all about I think the that's food probably going to be
0: the answer to all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> like food, yep. food, everything food.
1: <laughs> all right. Next, describe what your ideal day would look like.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Well, funny enough, no matter where my wife and I travel, it seems like we always have the same day, which is, which is a great thing, but our day is Maybe, you know, nine, ten, eleven AM, go get a great coffee at an awesome cafe, sit outside, soak up the rays, have an awesome lunch, then in the afternoon take a nap or go for a massage or something like that. Go to the bar, you know, uh get some nice beer and or or you know, food and things like that in the evening. And then yeah, just have a walk, preferably on or by the beach because uh that's also why we came out here to Porto, de Portugal, actually the Matosinhos because it's right on the beach. So yeah, we, we get to live a pretty good life here. And even when we travel, it's kind of what we end up doing anyway.
1: That's amazing. I'm like, hey, describe your ideal day. And then you're like, I'm already living it. Okay. This <laughs> it, is, it's this taken is some time to day. get here.
0: Yeah, but but I'm, I'm milking <laughs> it as much as possible.
1: <laughs> exactly. You've worked really hard to get there. You should. It's amazing. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: All right. So what do you think? Where is the best place, best location to live as a remote worker?
0: Hmm. Well, I'm not sure about one specific spot, but I have seen a lot of Southeast Asia over the years. I know it's, you know, the normal places that people go there. And I'm I'm sure people will say, you know, Bali and Thailand and so on. But just in general, that whole region is so much fun. It's cheap, it's fun, there's always something going on. And at the time, I think living in, you know, China, where I was getting to travel there some, I also studied abroad. I, I didn't mention this. I studied abroad in Singapore, so I got to travel around Southeast Asia a lot. And then, yeah, living in Japan, going over there, I got like a little tired of the area. And so I was glad to come to Europe. But now that I'm here, I'm excited to go and visit again. So I think that's a great place to be.
1: Amazing. I will agree with that. I am a Filipino. So, yeah, Southeast Asia is awesome. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. Next, if you could have one superpower, David, what would it be?
0: Oh, actually, this is kind of uh, an easy one for me. I wish I had the power of teleportation so I didn't have to take any flights anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. It's it's so funny because I've uh, asked this to a bunch of other digital nomads and remote workers, and they're always like to fly. And I'm like, OK, if you could fly, though, if you have a significant partner like you have a significant other would you be able to fly them on your back like how is this gonna happen and i forgot who said it they were like, and one of them answered um i think it was alex alex on the map i think she was like he would have to just go on the plane because i'm not putting him (laughs) on my back (laughs) well
0: then you got a couple hours to yourself and uh you can get set up exactly
1: especially if it's a flight that's like 15 hours long Yeah. I would rather do teleportation than flying, honestly. I think you have something good there. I will go with you on that All one, right. David. Thank so, <laughs> All right, last question. What's the one thing that you wish you did sooner?
0: Hmm. That's a good one. Um, well, I think a, an easy answer would just be to kind of believe that I could get abroad on my own more quickly, I guess. It took... Yeah, especially in my, the beginning of my career, I was definitely more risk adverse. And so I was, and you know, I was really focused on my career and so on. And I think that's been great overall, I, I suppose. I'm not sure how much I would change it, but I also feel like I was always thinking I had to jump with a job. I had to get the job there first. I don't want to leave the company before I have something. And so I think that kind of fear-based, I need to have the safety net type feeling that was there for a long time is probably something that I wish... I had lost. I still kind of have that a bit, but obviously I'm going out without a safe, too much of a safety net right now, um, at least the most I have in my life so far. So to that extent, I'm trying to break that habit. But um, yeah, that's something that I think is probably worth uh, thinking about for your listeners as well.
1: I love that. Yeah, there's never a perfect time for anything. You, know? yeah. um, you can't overcomplicate things. Obviously, you don't want to take things too lightly, but I think most of us overthink things too. So there has to be a balance with that as well, right? Love that. All right. Thank you so much, David, for being here with us. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you?
0: Yeah, I just suggest that they all check out expatempire.com. There they can get our free ebook. They can also schedule a call with me and then talk through their plans and see if it makes sense for us to try to work together in some aspect of their journey to move abroad, whether as a digital nomad or trying to move somewhere long term. Um, yeah, so I hope that you connect with us there, of course, on social media at Exped Empire as well.
1: Perfect. Thanks so much, David. We really appreciate you. Yeah.
0: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
1: I hope you enjoyed this interview with David. Make sure to visit TheOffBeatLife.com. Again, that's OffBeatlife.com to get the extended interview where he shares how to prepare before moving to a new country. Hey, friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location independent story will unfold.